I'll say good morning several times in case the five seconds at the front is chopped off. Good morning. Oh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning if you're listening on podcast. Welcome if you're watching on YouTube. Um, welcome if you're tuning in through the power of ear and bone. I can feel you. Um, morning, everyone. It's Friday. Hi, Faith Goodman. Hi, Bev Hartnell. Hope you're all well. Um, I have two coffees before me. <laughs> we have a drawer open there. We have cupboards open there and we have books there and we have a um, artificial abs torso just there. It was just another standard morning in the coffee moaning kitchen. Um, it's an earlier one today. Um, got lots going on today. So I uh, thought we'd get this done earlier. We're going to have the quiz, Friday quiz of the week at the end. And we're going to have a chit chat, chit chat, natter, 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 natter through uh, some of the news, some of the stories, some th bits and bobs that I thought might interest you. Um, and, uh, and that's all good. So <clears throat> how are we all? Um, last night was an absolutely lovely, if you didn't see it, chat with Elliot and Zach from um, your mum, my dad, my mum, your dad, my mum, your dad. Yeah, I think it's my mum, your dad. We can never get it right. Um, and uh, wow, we went on um, to watch the final on ITVX. We didn't want to ruin it for anyone who potentially was going to watch it because it is being broadcast to tonight at 10 o'clock. It's a little bit confusing. I think it was the rugby that kind of played played silly buggers, silly buggers with the schedules there. Um, let me just turn this down. It's a bit bright. Um, wow. So spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the final, close your ears. But put it this way. Ibiza Martin and Elliot got it on and got together. It was astonishing. No one saw it coming. No one for a minute thought that that was going to happen, but it did. And, uh, and there you go. Monique started wrestling with Clayton. Just craziness. Zachary, he, he, just, he just was a winning pair with Janie. We just didn't know what was going on. It was, just, it was kicking off everywhere. Absolutely kicking off everywhere. Um, morning, Zoe. Morning, Holly McCready. So, of course, what does this mean? This means it's over, which is such a shame. It's been such a wonderful 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 show it really has i mean we have really enjoyed it and i have really enjoyed the fact that it's just been i hate the word authentic don't you what does authentic mean everyone bandies it around and what's authentic it's like it's like in documentary when they say is it real and you go well nothing's real really i mean nothing's real you've pointed a camera at that why haven't you pointed a camera at that all that kind of stuff don't want to get too existential but here we go my mum your dad finale yep yeah. so it was just it was just really meaningful and we said i think we've said it all on all the lives we certainly said it to elliot and zachary last night on our live chat it was just life affirming it was wonderful to see intergenerational chat respect care love emotional intelligence and no one afraid to dig deep and go within even abitha martin I think he went with him. I mean, I don't think he necessarily found what he was looking for. But, you know, even his son, him and his son, uh, I felt kind of connected over certain stuff, over certain things. And, uh, yeah. And the fact, I think, even that Ibiza Martin felt a little bit nervous and shamefaced about what his son had seen, it was, was possibly a good thing. Um, I haven't got a pen here, but happy birthday to Lindsay. Happy birthday, Lindsay. And a happy birthday, I think, to Hazel saying it now just in case we forget because it sometimes becomes a bit of a bit of a helter-skelter towards the end you know when you used to come down the helter-skelters 
on those kind of sacks, in those kind of hessian sacks that would leave you all kind of blistered and horrible. So happy birthday, Lindsay. Uh, and happy birthday, I believe, is it a six-year-old Hazel here? She may need to close her ears for the rest of this conversation. Um, so, so what do we do? What do we do that my mum, your dad is, your mum, my dad is, is over? We pivot, I guess, towards Merritt at first sight. Um, we're also going to be watching The Bear. Has anyone been watching The Bear? And also, for any fans of The Women, Woman in the Wall, we are going to be reviewing both episodes five and six off the back of watching the final episode. We thought we'd do a big, final, pull-together um, review, reaction and assessment of the show. So, um, so there we go. That's going to be happening on, um, on Sunday evening. And it's a pre-recorded No Name Sunday show this weekend too. So there you go. Um, I feel like there's something else happening this weekend. What is that? Oh, well, of course, there's the curly cooks and all that kind of stuff. Ah, uh, oh, Lindsay, it's made your day. Well, happy, happy birthday. The Bear is fantastic. A beautiful piece of television. Not only a beautiful piece of television, but from the first season, some, some of the best shot food, not only I've seen in a drama, but I've seen in any kind of food show too. They've really taken time. Chin Chin, first one down the hatch. Here we go. Oh, and that's the hazelnut one. That's a great one. That's a cracker. That's a nut. That's a, that's just a coffee nut. That just gets your taste buds going. It gets you, gets all your haunches flicking. I don't know what haunches flicking looks like, but boy, mine are doing it right now. Um, so yeah, happy birthday, Lindsay. Happy birthday, Hazel. Okay, Rishi Sunak. I think he's had some hazelnut coffee, don't you? He's, he's obviously, he's gone on a break. He's had an away day. He's headed off to, I don't know, where, checkers uh, somewhere in his, in his tight trousers. And he's and he's he's gone away and he's thought, you know what? It's looking pretty damn like a shit show, this next election. Ain't gonna get nowhere, ain't gonna do nothing. Fuck it. I'm just gonna say what I want. And what do I want? I wanna I wanna slow down uh, the net zero targets. I want to delay the conversion to electric cars. And I'll tell you what I also want to do. I want everyone to bloody do maths until they're 18. That's what I want to do. I want to become the most popular man in the country. If there's one thing you want to do to make sure that you are the least popular man in the country, it is even float the thought. Even, oh yeah, there was a good home time vlog last night. Even float the thought that it's compulsory to do maths till you're 18. Now, here's the thing. If you don't get your maths GCSE, Maths is compulsory until you get it. And then of course, if you come out of the system still not having got it, you haven't got it. So it's all well and good saying maths until you're 18. He's in, he's, he wants to introduce a baccalaureate. It's such a great word, isn't it? Baccalaureate, it makes me think of tobacco, it makes me think of Bacchus, the, the, the god of wine. So there's sort of orgies in there too, which is kind of a strange invocation. So there's, there's the baccalaureate is this, this kind of European idea that it's a kind of A-level standard, but you do more subjects. But if you, if you put the word, if you put the word maths in there, suddenly an orgy suddenly sounds really unexciting, doesn't it? With maths in there, it's like, oh God, unless you're counting people. So maths until 18. It's all well and good saying this, but if you can't get kids past the GCSE, and most of them are doing it until they're 18 anyway, because they're staying in education, isn't this a damp squib? Isn't this like a chocolate, chocolate robin? What is a chocolate robin? Don't know where that came from. Um, Sue Wood, quick hello. I'm not feeling that good as, oh, my cancer has spread. Can everyone send Sue Wood an enormous, enormous hug? I'm sorry to hear that, sweetheart. I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, Stuart G, uh, yeah, you'll feel the love, Sue. I'm so sorry. Take it easy and hopefully we can distract and entertain. 
uh, with something as strange as MeTube says, science orgies. Sorry if we've taken you to the wrong place. Um, sending you big, big love, big love. So yes, yeah, so this is the story that Rishi Sunak has. He literally has gone away and he's like, he's had a think and apparently friends of his have said he wants to make an impact. Well, bloody hell. He's read the room, not, hasn't he? Uh, the proposals that he's thinking of, this uh, baccalaureate, uh, which again, I love the word. I can't, I can't tire of the word, baccalaureate. Uh, everyone in Ireland does maths till we're 18. We've survived. But no, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, is that if you don't get your GCSE, you end up doing maths until you're 18 anyway. Um, so it's kind of, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a limp biscuit. Maybe that's what I was looking for when I said chocolate Robin. You, you can see the connection. Uh, look, a Tory source says, look, this is funny. This is a friend of Rishi said, he came back from the summer with a series of things he wanted to move on. He obviously had a really sort of a good think. He'd had a, a sort of soul searching episode. He'd maybe had a hazelnut coffee, who knows, hang on. And apparently he came in, he walked through the office door and he said, A-level reform is a critical part of what, what went on on my holiday. I want everyone to do maths. And everyone went, oh my God, we've lost the election. So there we go. <laughs> so yeah, he's, we talked about the net zero thing. I think he's, I think he's having some radical ideas. I get, I get what he's saying. I mean, let's not forget, people are homing in on maths. He's also talking about English. I'm sure he's talking about English. He's talking about literacy and he's talking about numeracy. Um, and I think we should also be looking at creativity uh, as something that's always pursued until older age. I do worry if we get to a point where we are merely digital data being produced to produce digital data in order to produce money for the economy, then really what is, that's not life, is it? Let's face it, let's face it. So what do you think, guys? Let's do a poll. Are you pleased? Should everyone, oh, just, I started a poll and then I closed the poll. Should we study maths till 18? Yes or no? Simple question, simple answer. Can't get that poll wrong. Oh, oh no, I've put banana. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Um, what do you think, guys? Couldn't do maths. I can't pop your, your comments on screen on this. It's not streaming. Couldn't do maths as have frag as have fragile x. Uh, but now add and subtract most. I can do now, which is a huge step for me. That's good. Uh, Sarah Withington. I think it's so stressful to force maths. A lot of people just not good at. It. I on a more serious note. When you hi Jill Taylor, sending you lots of love. Love our quiet subs. Um, when you talk to youngsters, I think a lot of kids who feel they have to do maths, less about if you're doing A-levels now and suddenly you're told you have to do maths. I think if you're going to GCSEs knowing you're gonna to have to do maths, even if you, I think, I think the way this is troublesome is, say you work hard, you get your maths, you scrape through, you hated every second of it, you get what you need for your GCSE and then you're told you've got to do it for another two years. I think your mental health of your students is gonna hit another low. That's my thought. That's my thought. It's not, it's not about whether it's necessarily needed. It's about how the information is imparted. Wow, the hazelnut number is really tickling a, a nice little moment there in the corner. I don't know what moment it is. Not enough maths teachers, says Faith Goodman. It's all well and good, do maths. Where, where the fuck's a maths teacher? Who wants to be a maths teacher? You just get board rubbers thrown at you, except there are no boards, but kids are bored. Work that one out. Anyway, I'm still sticking with Bacchus the god of wine, the baccalaureate. Okay, well that's Rishi, Rishi on a dishy. Uh, on a serious note, Russell Brand is obviously bubbling away. I mean, this time last week, we were about to hit the Russell Brand firestorm, weren't we? Where are you at? Let's have a look, what's the poll on the maths? Should we study maths till 18? Uh, 29%, 28% say yes, 72%. I wish we could leave more than one poll up so that we could just build the numbers on the, on the poll. But anyway, we're gonna say no, and that means we're not. The majority of you don't wanna do maths. Um, I just want to ask this. Um, 
we all talked a lot about the programme, the documentary, um, and whether it was an effective piece in doing what it meant to do. I think there was a lack of clarity in terms of what it was trying to do. Um, but uh, obviously this week, I have to confess, I was expecting there to be more of a sort of... Um, What's the word? I, thought, I was sort of expecting the trap doors to open and for, for many more sort of things to flood through. But what has come through, I think, almost more... Um, has your opinion on Russell Brand changed across the week? Um, yes. Yes, I don't believe him. Uh, has your opinion on Russell Brand changed across the week? Yes, I don't believe him now. No, it's a targeted hit piece. Uh, yes, it's getting worse by the minute. It's quite hard to kind of, um, oh yes, let's try that. Um, Oh, have I frozen? Have I frozen? I'll just have a look. Have I frozen? No. I look like I've frozen here. That's really weird. Hang on. Uh, is everything okay? Uh, no, you're good. Okay, thanks, Mitchu. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I've just asked. Uh, okay, let's have a look. Yes. Yeah, the thing that I think has come across this week, um, which I think is alarming, is the extent to which we thought a certain type of humour was acceptable. I think I'm more shocked, not by what's happened off camera, because of course, you know, there's a, a new allegation come through today. Obviously, there's a, there, someone came forward to the police, I think we mentioned on Sunday of last weekend, uh, in 2003, uh, an accusation which the police were investigating. Um, they've also asked the programme makers and journalists to hand over all of the information um, regarding uh, the cases that were featured in dispatches. I mean, me and Nadia have, asked, have wondered a lot. Maybe there is, maybe there's evidence that they couldn't put in the film that they do have. Um, and, uh, but, but what I found more sort of worrisome is this kind of tolerated, sanctioned behaviour. I mean, I don't know if you remember, I mean, this story that's kind of popped up today, Russell Brand... Uh, facing um, faces new allegations as he laughed on the radio show radio show in LA BBC offices in LA after exposing himself to a woman and this is this is the uh, this poor woman recounts um, have a good day Mitu uh, recounts the fact that when he came into the studios to go into the studios uh, she turned around he had his penis out in his hand and all this kind of stuff um, and it, it kind of reminds me you know this behavior isn't just um, his behaviour. It's also, I think, John Barrowman was caught up in something similar, just taking his penis out and waving it about. Um, is, is it? Let's have a look. Is it by? No, it's a target. Yes, I don't believe him now. No, yes. Yeah, no. Yes, I don't believe him now. I mean, you might have believed him. Uh, it's getting worse by the minute. I don't think it's biased at all. Um, um, if you... if, if John Barrowman would do this in the past. Um, who else? Chris Evans, the radio presenter, um, I think has done this Done this in the past. You know, getting your penis out and waving it around. I've never understood it. I've never understood how 
that's even funny, but it's this lad culture. It's this kind of accepted kind of behavior that if it's, I mean, flashing has never been accepted, but it's this, it's this idea that, you know, getting your todger out, um, if it's baked into your personality, that you're, here, here we go, look, someone somewhere, boundary violating bounder was his whole persona at the time. It was his USP and why he was on TV in the first place. Absolutely. So he baked into his behavior, the ability to be able to shock and take your bits out and just throw it around. And that actually, it, it somehow wasn't as serious if, if he did it or these other people did it. I mean, I think the, the point, the point again here is he wasn't the only one to do this kind of thing. This was a culture. This was a culture of behavior. And I think, I think, if, am I right in thinking? I mean, I don't want to make sort of, I'm pretty certain there was a, there was a situation with Chris Evans, um, uh, the radio presenter, you know, the presenter of uh, Don't Forget Your Toothbrush and all that kind of stuff. It was a different time back around 2006 when Russell was at his height. I don't think we would be laughing at his jokes like we were then nowadays. And you wonder whether, you wonder whether, it was just, I, I just, just thinking about, you know, how the sort of culture wars against woke and all this kind of stuff. You know, I think this is one of those scenarios in which you hear all the time how, oh, there's this, there's this kind of overstepping the mark when it comes to political correctness and, oh, we've got to be so careful in what we say. I think this is one area in which, in which progress has been made, absolutely. I think not being able to get your dick out and pretend that it's just joshing behaviour is, is good that we're in this place now, that we look back and we see it. I mean, it makes you wonder whether what aspects of today's life will we look back on in another, say, 20 years and go, what the fuck were we doing there? And I do sometimes wonder whether where, where, where we might look at this point here is the sort of extremism that seems to emerge around things like the trans debate and stuff like that. I wonder whether, you know, where are we going to kind of get to a point where when we look back, we go, how are we so misguided? I mean, I think it's all right, as Lior, I think one of our followers said, woke to awake to be awakened and i think this is awakening this is you know if you think all that never you know never mind the buzzcocks is it you know the kind of laddish you know put your dick in a pint type behavior kind of thing i mean i never got that either i mean i, I remember rugby players would do that in the bar all the time at college i mean we were all up to stupidity but getting your dick out never seemed to be the right thing never seemed to be a choice that i was drawing it's just odd it's just odd um, yes, I don't believe him now, 26%. No, it's a targeted hit piece. Okay, so it's a third. Yes, it's getting worse by the minute, 31 to 39%. I think there's a sense that more and more is coming out or that there are more and more cases. Um, Natasha Furin, John Barrowman was dealt with swiftly after Dancing on Ice and then we heard more. It wasn't a witch hunt that was dealt with so much better. That's interesting. Um, Hannah Lieb Liebschutz, didn't Wayne Cousins have allegations of flashing. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to, we've got to connect these things. We've got to connect these things. Uh, I do think the quality of the media piece, exploring allegations against someone affects public opinion in them. I've watched documentaries which have caused me to immediately believe the accusers. Um, Faith Goodman, Vanessa Phelps was on live TV and he asked about her daughters. The audience laughed, but she was horrified both in his comments and the laughter. Absolutely. It's just, um, it's, it's, it's odd, isn't it? It's odd behavior. I mean, <clears throat> I suppose what you could argue, and I think, you know, I think a lot of people are arguing, and I think this is, this is where this story is going to go, is the extent to which 
his persona was, if not a sort of conscious cover for his peccadilloes and his interests and his behaviour, but perhaps, you know, was got out of hand or became more and more of a caricature so that he could pursue more and more kind of edgy humour. I mean, I think it's really telling that his, you know, the roasting, you know, you go on a comedy roasting, you're going on a, com a comedy roasting to be roasted by everyone. And it's telling that the, the one series he did with, um, was it Catherine Ryan? Um, you know, the idea that, uh, the idea that her comments were cut um, from the show uh, is telling, is telling. So I think obviously the story's going to roll. We haven't, still haven't heard anything from him. Still nothing on his uh, various social media outputs. Um, uh, 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 let's have a look. What was that? Natalie. What does Natalie say? Natasha, sorry. Did Natasha say something? Have I missed something? Uh, the un unforeseen, the word Euro trash era. That's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, Natasha Fearon's comment on on um, John Barrowman. Anne Fran, hi. How, how are you, Anne Fran? I believed it from the moment it came out, but I've since also personally heard stories from people who had worked with him, and I'm now utterly convinced. Right, yeah, okay, I mean, yeah, there are there are lots of stories swirling around. Uh, interesting, his ex-account followers have increased by 100,000, Tracy, Tracy Patterson. I mean, I do think he could, yes, 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 I think it could become, um, it could become a bit of a sort of rallying call, if you like, for him. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. Uh, that, that's Russell Brand. So this is, this is another case. And when you read the story, you think, poor bloody woman, P poor bloody woman having this guy just flash her. And then the, the, the proof that she had that this happened was the exchange on the radio, this LA story, in which the presenter and Russell Brand talk about it. They talk about it. So it's, it's, it's not even like, you know, it's, again, I suppose it's that phrase, isn't it? Hiding in plain sight. Um, <sighs> dearing me. I think sometimes it's worrying, perhaps, isn't it? The extent to which we all have the wall pulled over our eyes and we see what we want to see. And I think sometimes maybe all of us are sort of slightly fearsome that mm, can't be the case. I mean, I have to confess, you do wonder with something like Jimmy Savile, how did we not see it? Don't we? We sort of, you know. Okay, this story struck me as interesting and I asked about it on the Instagram, Coffee Moaning Instagram stories. Matthew McConaughey, the actor, the Hollywood star, who potentially is, is half-brothers with um, Woody Harrelson, we've discovered. This is a story in which, in a podcast, his wife, Camilla Alv Alves uh, McConaughey, talks about how Matthew McConaughey's mother would essentially test her, would test her. Um, and what she means by what does she mean by testing? I mean, we can all have testing relationships with our, I love that word, testing, testing relationships with our mother-in-laws. But um, yeah, so her mother would test her. So the Brazilian model, 41, started dating Matthew McConaughey in 2006 and the couple married six years later. But on a podcast, she said that her mother-in-law, Matthew McConaughey's mother, did all these things when I first came into the picture. She was really testing me. Has this happened to you? Do you have any, share your stories of aggravation, if you like, from, or testing attitudes from, from parents, uh, mother-in-law, parents-in-law. She would call me, this is a classic, she would call, hi, Andrea Liberatsky, missed your name, hope you're well. Uh, she would call me by all of Matthew's ex-girlfriend's names. I had an ex who, yeah, I had an ex whose father would purposefully run through the male names of every other partner she'd had. 
She would call me by all of Matthew's ex-girlfriend's names. She would also start speaking Spanish with me in a very broken way, kind of putting me down. Initially, she said she, she uh, initially, uh, initially McCabe wouldn't give up either. The whole way, uh, she talks about being on a plane ride to Istanbul uh, and she just kept telling her, the mother-in-law kept telling her stories about her son, you know, probably to make her jealous and to nudge her and to press her and to test her. Wow. It was on the third day of the trip that the designer realized that his mother was full of shit. Um, and I flipped on her and brought my spicy Brazilian Latin side out and I let her have it. At which point, Matthew McConaughey's mum said, okay, you're in. What do you think of that? Have you had that? Uh, chip chop. My mum was the same to my fiancé, but she turned out to be very correct. Yeah, I suppose there's testing and then there's testing, isn't there? I mean, it's like that thing as a father when you meet your children's boyfriends. On the one hand, you don't want to be overly friendly. You don't want to be, you don't want to make it miserable for them. But equally, you don't want to just say, come in here, it's easy. Guy. You want to say, hello, all right, how's it going? You all right? Where have you come from? I seem to remember hurling a boy. He wasn't interested in anything, but I remember hurling a boy out. It was behaving in such a horrendous manner. I had to hurl him out, literally. And as he ran off down the road, he, I, I said, where, where on earth were you brought up? Um, just going back to the comedy chat, Lou Moynihan. Comedy should be a free space where people can explore social ideas and be risque. It's not a smokescreen for being an arsehole. It's, tr it's tragic when people cannot tell the difference. Agreed, agreed, if you do stand up in that manner, but then there aren't these other off-screen, off-stage allegations. Agreed. You should be able to make comedy about anything. It's just that comedy takes on a more sinister tone when you start to think of, of how that behaviour bleeds off on, you know, into real life, into real world. Um, Natasha Furin, your relationship has nothing to do with your parents. My dad was, is an ass to my, <laughs> to my dad fiance. Hope he, doesn't, hope he doesn't watch YouTube. Sarah Witherington, my mother is toxic. She's projected her behavior. It's only this year that I've realized what she had been doing for years. Hannah Liebschutz, a son is a son till he gets a wife, but a daughter is a daughter all her life. All this MIL talk puts me off getting married. My mother-in-law talk, I get what you mean. Uh, Ruth Blanford, my mum used to accidentally call my new boyfriends by the ex's name. was really embarrassing. I think they accidentally do it on purpose. How hard is it to know this is a different person? I do get frustrated sometimes with older people when they claim age is the reason for their inaccuracies. It's, it's not, you know, we have huge respect for our elders, but it's a passive aggressivity that creeps into old age. It's like you can sanction really hurtful stuff just because you're old. No, still slap you. No, I'm joking. Lee Durant, I had an ex and her dad would sit there and talk about my exes, how many I've had, still, I st do I still fancy them? Weird. That is weird. Caroline Alt, I adored my mother-in-law. She was quite a character and I miss her dearly. She thanked me for giving her a grandchild and a will to live. Yeah. Bless. Um, we talked about my mum, your dad. Um, this is, uh, I just want to know what your thoughts on this are. Dull, this is, this is Boris Johnson's sister has written a piece in the Evening Standard, but um, this is a bigger story. She hasn't found this story, hasn't, doesn't define the story, but she was talking about it again, which made me think, oh, this is interesting again. The idea that um, office romances should be outlawed. Let's do, a, let's do a poll. Should office romances be outlawed? Now, there's a serious side to this and a not so serious side to this. 
let's think about the serious side for a minute. What went wrong in the uh, Philip Schofield story was a sort of, you know, an exploitation of power and influence in the workplace. So, you know, I think it's tricky and dangerous when someone who's more senior starts a relationship with, with someone who's less senior. But what do you think about the idea that it should be outright banned? My, I don't know what I feel about this. I don't know how you can straightjacket human emotions so, so sort of strictly, because in a sense, often office romances are illicit. I mean, for example, a huge number of office romances are, are between people who are already in other relationships. So the, 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 the compulsion to keep it quiet isn't just one about work, it's one about life. Um, but, you know, this idea that there should be sort of, when, they, when you sign a contract, you agree not to be, you know, not to actually engage in any kind of romantic relationship with someone. I'm just trying to find some of the, um, you cannot shag up and you cannot shag down. And if you shag, you have to cover your ass by telling HR. Um, what do you think of that? Um, let's have a look. Well, uh, 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 Oh, she had a good example of uh, what you would have to do. Basically, sorry, just bear with me one sec. Uh, oh, no, I can't find it. Oh, here we go. Yeah, uh, be, here are some of the new rules. If you're a boss, be prompt to leave the office party. Don't engage with junior employees on social media. Uh, make sure your online online passes without staying. These are some of the things that are creeping into HR, you know, human resources and contracts and what have you. Assume every email and WhatsApp you send is discoverable. Be punctual, polite and presentable and basically bring your best self to work every day. I mean, in presenter contracts and actor contracts and, and things like that, where front of, you know, front of camera stuff, there's often clauses which are about not bringing the, you know, the broadcaster into disrepute or the programmer into disrepute, not using social media. For example, if you're a journalist, you know, you can't use social media to express your personal political beliefs if, say, you work for the BBC and things like that, because it shows that you can't be impartial and all that kind of stuff. What do you think? I mean, if I think, I think if you remove the capacity for office romances, aren't you going to remove potentially like fifty percent of the way in which the ways in which people meet? So many people meet through through offices and work. Laura Lou, how could you get rid of office romances? Many happy families started at the office. Chip chop. Sometimes it's a great way to know someone's true personality. It's normally the other way around. Very hard situation from both sides. Depends on the age of the people, says Hannah Liebschutz. Um, involved in their positions. Yeah, I mean, you know, taking advantage of your position. Yeah, common sense. I mean, again, isn't this kind of, isn't this molly coddling? I mean, I think if you're the CEO of a company and you start having an affair with the receptionist, even in that scenario, are you, aren't you being quite patronising to the receptionist to say that she, you know, she's, you know, age difference, different matter. But, you know, in terms of hierarchy, what do you think? I don't believe so, Tez. Happens randomly everywhere as long as everybody is being respectful. Uh, Joni, hi Joni. My ex-mum-in-law, when her son cheated on me, uh, told him, well, you don't poo on your own doorstep, condoning his behaviour, really. I find that a really annoying comment, actually, don't poo on your own doorstep, when it's said in that sort of raised eyebrow sort of way. It's like, as long as you poo somewhere else, it's fine. 
Um, Ellie Denning, my dad hasn't liked any of my exes, didn't listen to his advice, but unfortunately he was right all along and wish I had listened. I guess you're back referencing the, the father-in-law, mum-in-law tests, initiation ceremonies. Maybe we should just have sort of initiation ceremonies maybe for, for new children-in-law. Um, okay, well, yeah, I, I think, let's have a look. What's the poll say? Should office romances be outlawed? 28% say yes, 72% say no. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, my name's Trump. Let's have a chat about Biden. People were going at me because my brain is a strange little sieve and I say strange stuff. But at least I don't repeat things incessantly every 20 seconds. Uh, this is the story, just quickly. Biden, uh, should Biden go? It's a simple question. This isn't politically motivated at all. Get Kamala up there, get someone else in there. Biden repeats same story twice, almost word for word, within minutes sparking concern online. People are saying it's not kind to be drawing attention to what he's doing. I think it's not kind putting him in a position where he clearly can't deal with what's in front of him. I think if there's any unkindness to be had here, it's him being put in this position not people quite understandably and justifiably worrying that the the most powerful role in the world is um is in control and isn't aware doesn't mean he can't function in other areas but if there are these giveaway signs that he's unaware he's just told the same story 20 seconds ago it can't be good for diplomatic relations um, what have you, Shell, this is elder abuse in my opinion, which, it, please clarify, do you mean it's elder abuse um, pulling him up on it, or is it elder abuse him being allowed to go on stage? Because I think there's two ways of looking at this, and they're both, they both have some validity, because I, th I think there is a desire and a compulsion to pull old people down quickly, swiftly, marginalise them, caricature them, dismiss them, where very simple, straightforward mistakes are made courtesy or due to old age, but being allowed to, oh, being allowed to, thank, thanks, Joel. But also, I think it is elder abuse, putting, you know, rolling someone out, and, and it feels like there's disorientation there. I, I think it's unfair on him, his family, his legacy. His legacy, I think, in many regards, needs to be respected, uh, protected. And, and, I, and I think someone somewhere has to say, look, Macy Flip, I think you, you shouldn't run for the next presidency. And I actually think if someone else does run, um, you know, Donald Trump could be given a run for his money. Donald Trump has actually discovered, I've discovered, I might have a running mate who's a woman. Donald Trump could have a woman for a vice president, even though people think she's having an affair with one of my team. It's not true. I've never seen them on the golf course, not at all. Biden, Biden. Lazy Biden, sleepy Biden. So what I mean, he's, he's giving ammunition to Trumpy boy. As long as it's not Trump. Yeah, well, there we go. Okay, well, that's Biden again. Uh, he repeated the same story uh, about the Virginia riots. Okay, um, let's have a uh, 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 let's have a look. Shall we get? Shall we pull up the? Um, shall we pull up the uh, the quiz? I've got ten minutes. Let's let's pull up the let's pull up the quiz. Um, uh, but just quickly, just to let you know, there's a new tool that's been developed that may let humans talk to plants. So talking to plants could become a thing. Early experiments with tobacco show that plants' natural defences can be activated. So basically rolling a rolly and having a, a, a cigarette with your plants around you 
you could end up having a chat with him seriously in the science. And, and also, just quickly, Rupert Murdoch obviously has relinquished uh, his, the reins of his empire. Could we be looking at a real-life succession? I think we could be. Okay, quiz of the week. Let's do it, guys. Quiz of the week. Um, let's go, go, go. It's quiz time. For those of you who are listening, uh, you can take part. You can shout out the answers if you wish, if you're driving around. Um, and... Um, uh, if you are only here for the news and for all the all the, all the jibber jabber that's, that's been going on, then um, head off, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow for the for the Saturday papers. Let's, I wonder what the papers will have uh, in store for for us all. It was a big weekend last weekend, wasn't it? Um, okay, never thought I'd see the day regarding Rupert Murdoch. He's ninety two. I mean, you know, when you've seen Succession without ruining it, you begin to wonder: well, is that all going on in the background? Okay, question one. Let's get let's crack on. Question one in the quiz of the week: A Zoom call with Nicole Kidman. Dinner with Better Call Saul star Bob Odenkirk, uh, an apron signed by the cast of the cult hit The Bear, uh, were among some of the things put up for auction by actors to help production crew members affected by the Hollywood strike. Uh, but which of the following wasn't up for grabs? Which of these could you not win? A, a portrait of your dog painted by Oscar winner John Lithgow. B, a song written and sung for you by the cast of Bob's Burgers. Or C, a table tennis match with chat show host Stephen Colbert. Which of those could you not win? Which of those could you not win? A, B, or C? Let me just do this just quickly. Anyone else breaking up? Breaking up in what way? Um, I think the picture's good. Um, let's have a look. What, what, are you, what are you all saying? You're all saying B, 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 B. None of the no. The one that you couldn't win was a table tennis match with chat show Stephen Colbert. Question two: More than one in ten people in Japan is aged eighty or over. The country has the world's old, oldest population. Italy's, Italy's population is the second oldest, measured by the proportion of people over sixty-five. Which is the third oldest population in the world? China, A, Finland, B, or South Korea, C? Which of those countries is the third oldest in terms of population? First is Japan, then it's Italy, and which of those comes third? Is it A, China, B, Finland, or C, South Korea? Oh my God, that's the non-hazelnut one, oh my God. What has a hazelnut in every bite? Not that coffee. Um, the answer is Laura Lou. You're correct. The answer, Julie, the answer is B, Finland. Hmm. Question three. Law graduate Sabrina Bassoon hit the news after her self-shot videos of energetic dance routines on London's underground garnered millions of likes for her on TikTok. But to what song did the Tube Girl record her first video? A, Dance the Night by Dua Lipa. B, Greedy by Tate McRae. Or C, Where Them Girls At by David Guetta. I think Nadia has to do a skit on the Tube Girl. Come on, guys. It's screaming out, isn't it? So which of these uh, did she record her first video to? A, Dance the Night, Dua Lipa. B, Greedy, Take McRae. Or C, Where Them Girls Out by David Guetta. Guetta. Uh, Raspberry Mojito Girl saying C. Sophie Clement Shaw. Lots of you saying A. Good Chip Lollipop saying A. Russ Satch saying A. C. It's the, day, it's the What Them Girls At. Question four. President Macron greeted King Charles as the British monarch made his delayed state uh, visit to France. He had to bring a stepladder with him there. The president gave the king a tree from Versailles 
and a gold medal medallion to mark the occasion. In return, the king gave his host the gift of a book by which French authors? What did Prince Charles give Macron once Macron had got to the top of the stepladder? Was it A, a book by Simone de Beauvoir, B, a book by Victor Hugo, or C, a book by Voltaire? Which of those did Prince Charles thrust into the paw or hand of Macron? Toffee Apple says C, uh, Voltaire. Joanne Murdoch says Voltaire. Faith Goodman says Voltaire. Lucy and Milo says Victor Hugo. It is Voltaire. It is Voltaire. Question five. Major historical sites in Ukrainian cities were added to UNESCO's list of world heritage in danger because of war, the UN body announced. Which of the following sites is also on the list? Which of these sites is on the uh, world heritage, UNESCO's list of world heritage sites in danger due to war? A, the Everglades in National Park, USA. B, Great Barrier Reef, Australia. Or C, Venice, Italy. Which of those um, is on the UNESCO uh, list of World Heritage in Danger because of the war with Russia, the UN body announced? Which of the following sites is also on the list? Oh no, just on the UNESCO list of World Heritage in Danger. Is it A, Everglades, B, Great Barrier Reef, or C, Venice? Hannah Leapfitz says C, lots of you saying Venice, Venice, Venice. It should be, it should be Sarah Fox and Russ Ouch. But Julie and uh, Sean Tucker are correct. It's the Everglades. Question six, and then we'll check in with you quickly and see where you're at. Um, a very rare, almost complete dinosaur skeleton is to be sold at auction in Paris next month, named Barry. To what kind of dinosaur did it belong? Bactrosaurus A, Camptosaurus B, or Tyrannosaurus rex C. Very rare, almost complete dinosaur skeleton to be sold in Paris, named Barry. To what kind of dinosaur did it belong? A, Bactrosaurus, never heard of that. B, Camptosaurus. Can't say I've heard of that either. C, Tyrannosaurus rex. If you haven't heard of that, where have you been? Lucy Milo says A, Bactrosaurus. Sophie Clemenshaw says A. Rosby Mojita Girl says Camptosaurus. It's Camptosaurus. Who's got six? Anyone got six as we enter the last question? As we enter the last gasp saloon to go into Friday with a sense of either a skip in our step or just with a lot of flatulence. Uh, Rosemary Hutekel's got three, Hannah three, Christine Bet one. It's not looking good, is it? Faith one, wow. Amfran none. <gasps> Julie three. Oh, lots of you one. Three is looking like the top score. Joni two, not looking good. Sean Tucker four, that's the highest I've seen. Jill Dyke, it's not looking good, is it? Okay, guys, I don't think anyone's gonna be going to the top of the class today. Okay, final question. Let's try and get some of you to five then. A photo of a huge plasma arc. What's Natty been up to? <laughs> Next to the Andromeda Galaxy won this year's prestigious Astronomy Photographer of the Year prize. Meanwhile, two 14-year-old boys from China were named Young Astronomy Photographer of the Year. Of what celestial feature did they take their photo? So the winners of the Astronomy Photographer of the Year Prize, what did they take a photo of? Was it A, the Fenrir or Wolf Nebula? Is it B, the moon passing in front of Mars? Or C, was it the Running Chicken Nebula? <laughs> Some cracking names up there, aren't there? 
Was it A, a photograph of the Fenrir of Wolf Nebula? Was it B, the moon passing in front of Mars? Or was it C, the running chicken nebula? Amfran says C. Amfran, you've gone from naught to one. It is the running chicken. <laughs> that is funny, isn't it? Um, a stunning image, but um, you, you know when you see an amazing image, an astro astronomical image, and you go, wow, is that how it looks like? And then it says, this isn't how it looks like. This is millions of photos superimposed over something, and, and it's basically a reading of the, of the ion pressure of the magnetism of a fart in Basildon. And then you go, hmm, not so impressive, is it now? Anyway, okay, well, there you go, guys. That was your coffee moaning. Um, if you haven't, go and check out Home Time last, last night. If you haven't, go and check out our chat with lovely Elliot and Zachary, uh, two of the stars from uh, Your Mum, My Dad. Um, and as I say, it's Curly Cooks Live tomorrow. I think it's got a nice Betty flavour to it tomorrow, Curly Cooks. Um, there will be the Coffee Moaning Saturday Papers, and there will be something else landing later today. There'll be a review of a movie called Scrapper. That will be landing, a British, British indie movie. Uh, and Nanny Dye is joining me for a review of Past Lives, which is a... Uh, sort of American-Korean movie uh, by A24, nice indie film. There aren't any major releases at the moment, but uh, there are some interesting little films at the edges there that are worth looking at. Um, otherwise, have a lovely Friday, and um, Joni, 